welcome to episode 11 of the Big W Podcast. I'm Kevin Hillier. A terrific show for you coming up in uh, this podcast. You'll hear from Michael Barlow, who, of course, uh, has a great uh, history with our football club uh, previously to this, winning the uh, Fothergill Round Medal and, of course, winning a Best and Fairest and then uh, going away and having a terrific AFL career and now coming back as uh, both a player and as an assistant coach. And in both those roles, we'll have a talk to Michael uh, very, very shortly. Also joining me, a man who's had a couple of roles at our football club over the years and has a great footprint with the Werribee Football Club and with our past Players Day coming up on the 27th. Thought it was an opportune moment to, to go back in time and talk to Simon Atkins about his six years as coach and, of course, about his uh, terrific career with us also as a player. Uh, so Axel joined me shortly. And our podcast, of course, is uh, brought to you by our terrific sponsors. Uh, amongst them, Churnsides by the River, of course, our social venue where events live, where you can have a birthday party, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, you name it, we can do it. Nine seven four one double six double eight. Talk to Deanne. She'll uh, point you in the right direction uh, for the packages that are available for all the uh, the drinks and food, whatever it is you want, she'll look after you. Cryo Waste Management, clean, efficient and sustainable waste management services, One one three hundred two six seven four six nine six Skybus for fast, frequent, and affordable airport transfers, and a special offer, of course, for Werribee Footy Club members. When you show your membership, uh, you can get a really good uh, little discount there uh, from Skybus, part of our members' reward program. And of course, the Australian Building Company, who are building homes for unbelievable prices, and you can check that out. Their ninety nine k offer, and check out their display home at New Haven Display Village in Tarni. But let's get stuck into the footy action uh, for another week. It was uh, well a disappointing end. Uh, the game against. Williamstown, unfortunately, they got to take the uh, the John Pine Memorial Cup uh, back to uh, Point Jellybrand. 14-11-95 uh, was our score. 16-7-103 was Willie's score. Uh, Munro with five, Marshman with two. Uh, best players, Barlow, Hanson, Munro, Nielsen, Brew and Norton. And let's get to one of those names I just mentioned and have a chat about the game and a chat about how the footy club's going at the moment, both from a coach's point of view and a playing point of view. A unique perspective right now with Michael Barlow. Joining me now on the Big W Podcast is, of course, assistant coach and uh, one of our midfield stars, Michael Barlow. Hello, Mick. How are you? How'd you pull up after the weekend? G'day, Kev. Uh, yeah, a bit sore. Um but that's to be expected, I suppose. I reckon every game I've played across uh, 10 or 12 years, you're always a bit sore the next day. So um, no real difference to that. But, yeah, a bit disappointing with the loss, albeit probably a pretty entertaining game to watch and some positive aspects come out of it. But, um, yeah, not getting the four points is a bit disappointing. Been uh, been there or thereabouts every game this year. Really, I mean, I think uh, someone mentioned to me on the weekend there's probably only been one quarter and a bit of footy where we've a- absolutely been beaten but uh, and been non-competitive, if you want to put it in that term. But uh, it, it, uh, the positives you take out of that game, what, what, what's, the, what's the sort of two or three you take immediately? Um, yeah, well, I think we, we found a couple of players again, like Scotty Carlin came in late as a 23rd player, essentially, with Aiden Domic. Um, being injured, so he's a player that, you know, with the, the unique nature of the VFL, not having your own reserves team and him playing in the Ballarat League we haven't been able to get a huge amount of eyes on him, but we've known we've had something in his abilities um, and it was a bit circumstantial that he got the opportunity there at half back with Louis Pinnock going out but that, that was a real positive to, to see he can um, really play at the level um, and have real faith in that, 
I think we were statistically really dominant um, outside of the first quarter. We were disappointed in our tackle numbers, but then we won clearance. We, we got the ball inside forward 50 a lot, um, and we won the contest so against a team that if you go in and play Williamstown and you win the contest and win the clearance battle, uh, you give yourself a really good opportunity. So that's whilst it's a, it's a real positive that we, we own those um, stats in those areas, not being able to capitalise on those in, inside 50s is you know, something we'll work on. But the fact that we're getting in there um, is something we weren't doing as well earlier in the year. I think we had 61 inside 50s um, when earlier in the year we were, we were getting wins and getting results probably with only 40 or 45. So from a coaching point of view, you fix that part of it. So then uh, you move on to the, the other, the, the result of fixing that part of it is that you then have an area to work on in the other part of uh, that, that solution? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's looking at you know, getting the ball in. So we, we won clearance and won contest. Just about, I think, better, better decisions on entry. Um, you know, when we kind of got to a certain point of the ground, we'd, we tried to be a bit too cute continually, whereas sometimes a simpler option and, and looking for one-on-ones um, longer in, inside your 450 can be more effective. So uh, that's, that's probably, you know, the nuts and bolts of um, how we didn't capitalise on, on that dominant number. Uh, and also credit, I suppose, has to go to Williamstown. They um, were really effective in utilising their plus one when we brought, um, you know, our forward either came too high or we brought an extra forward up around the stoppage to help us in the contest. So um, they're a really organised team and um, we're going to be better for playing them, I think. We've got them again later in the year and we're both in around that, that area um, on the ladder that um, are scrapping and clawing for a, for a spot yeah. in the final. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot, you know, I'm a glass half full person and um, that's the approach I'll take with the result yesterday. So take us inside the coaches' room now, Mick, and uh, do, do you finitely now break down the ground into that area where you, you're bringing the ball into and now do you do a restructure in that area to, to address that uh, that issue? Is that how finitely you go into it? Uh, yeah, Choco will, I think, come out with a good team for, for the boys tonight at training um, in review. But I think you've got to be careful with, with how strongly... Um, and how intensely we do review the games, just given the time commitments and um, you know semi-professional athletes and and the like, and, and it's not going to be a full reinvention of the wheel in yeah. the way we play. I think yeah, it, it, there's some really simple fixes, and I think there'll be some vision we can show the players that really sends a simple message as to how and what's expected. Um, so yeah, I think we'll be, we'll continue to reinforce the things we're doing really well. Um, and just tidy up. Probably, yeah, that, that one or two areas which I mentioned, the, the ability to make good decisions going inside forward 50 and um, probably yesterday we just weren't as clean as we have been for for some time um, with ball in hand in terms of fumbling the ball or, or two grabbing it. Um, you know, being the conditions yesterday were quite slippery but we've got to adjust to that on the run and, and uh, be able to play in those conditions as well as when it's when it's dry, when it's windy, or when it's uh, fully wet. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a it, I guess it's a football cliche, but you're back to the fundamentals as opposed to over analysing, which we all know. And you would have been in football programs where they've over analysed things to the nth degree, and in the end, everyone just walks out confused. Absolutely, yeah. So that 
not, we're really aware of that. And again, to take to to give credit to um to Williamstown, that I think that's the way they've played probably you know since it's my first swing in the VFL when I played uh, in 2008 and 2009. Williamstown are a team that are just a fundamental team. They 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 play contested football. They tackle, and that's something we didn't do yesterday. Tackle so. Um, their, their, their structures and their game plan is, is all based around the fundamentals of football, as you said, Kev. So um, we can take some learnings from that. And I think that we're, we're very similar in the way we, we approach it. Um, it's just probably bringing that more consistently. From a, a spectator point of view and a fan point of view, they, they watch the game and go, okay, uh, and you say, and uh, just did then, that we weren't tackling the way we should. Is there is there a reason why, can you put your finger on a reason why that happens? Because uh, I guess that's what the, the you know the supporters scratch their head about. Is yeah. Yeah, oh, I think, uh, well, yeah, the coaching group had a good discussion around it after the game and um, we raised it at half time. I think we, we had a, an astounding number of tackles in being a low number at half time and, and just raised it. And it's, a lot of it is a, it's a mental approach to things. You know, I met myself being a player. Oh, I have an awareness of, yeah, I haven't tackled much here today. I think I only had one tackle yesterday, which I was pretty disappointed in. I like to, you know, as a midfielder, you should be at a very least getting one tackle a quarter. Um, so there's a bit of a mindset approach to it and a bit of a ability to, um, yeah, just simplify things and, and win the ball or make the tackle, which in fairness to us, a lot of the time yesterday we were winning the ball and winning the contest, they so didn't have to tackle, but um, there's some little things that we'll have a look at as a coaching group in terms of preparation for game um, and even with some little aspects of training which we can um, lead some tackling into. So again, I don't think it's a huge um, focus point, but there's just some little adjustments adjustments we can make on game day and during the week that I think will help that approach to tackling in the contest. I guess it's that uh, domino effect too. If you're one down, then Gribble's one down and Hanson's one down, there's three tackles down for a quarter that, uh, and that kind of has that, that that overall effect on the team performance, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think Don Brew's been leading the, leading the charge with his tackle numbers for the year and he, he's, he's such a great player to play which is, is very predictable in what he'll bring and he'll bring tackle and contest and um, you know, from from his point of view, he felt he was down in that area yesterday early and, and got his way back back into it. And we can't just rely on the one person to to do that. Um, it's a little bit like the defenders and and the forwards. We can't rely on Jack McKay to kick four goals every week. We need um, other other blokes stepping in. And, and you know, there's going to be days when Dan Nielsen gets gets beaten, which is which is rare. But and then we're going to need our other backs to to step up. And it's, it's the same across the board with the the attitude to, to tackle and compete, essentially. A uh, big uh, day on Sunday uh, on the big stage on the telly uh, up against a, an AFL uh, an AFL site. So it's a, it's a really big day for the club. It is, yep, yeah. So um, kind of yeah, the old cliche kept you like that a one week at a time. Hadn't hadn't really thought too much, obviously, about next week game, or haven't really as yet thought about it. Still, you know, we'll have a review of yesterday's game today and. Um, Pretty quickly move on to Essendon, and you know when we went upstairs to uh, the function rooms last night after the game, um, they were on the TV and, and beating Port Melbourne by 70 points. So uh, it's, it's it's an exciting challenge. You know, I think it's you know they're they're human and, and they bleed like like us. So we're we'll approach it that our best can 
you know, well and truly compete with, with Essendon, um, who are definitely up and running. But, yeah, on, on the TV and, and at home, which is nice. It's always, we've had a bit of a disturbed schedule, I suppose, over the last seven weeks, but um, getting some continuity and playing back at um, Avalon Airport Oval tonight. Now, uh, Wally, got you. You're uh, at Manor Lakes uh, School. Are you uh, you're doing some uh, work in our community uh, area there with uh, with the uh, the team up there? I am. Yeah, I'm off to Manor Lakes uh, this morning. So Monday is my day out there, and, and yeah, enjoy getting out there and taking a couple of the classes. It's a, it's a nice day, though. The fog has lifted since yesterday. <laughs> out of the uh, the sun is shining, which is nice. Which is you never know when you wake up, uh, Kevin. In Melbourne, what's going to throw up? So, yeah, I've been doing a fair bit of work out at Manor Lakes as well as some other stuff, school, school holiday programs and um, some female, female programs and the like. So that part of it's um, kept me nice and busy as well. Good stuff. Good on you, Michael. Always uh, great to catch up. We'll see you at Davalon Airport Oval on Sunday morning. Uh, how, do you like, how, how do you like those uh, lovely early 11 o'clock starts? Do you feel like you're back in the under-12s? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. You get up, you you have your porridge and out you go. It's, there's no time to think about it. So I think that's uh, that's good. It'll be, um, yeah, as you say, it'll be nice to nice to get another game at home and um, yeah, give give uh, the people that watch on TV a good a good aspect and a good understanding of what Werribee Football Club's all about. The Big W Podcast now to uh, reminisce a little uh, because we've got the Past Players Day coming up on the 20th film we take on Port Melbourne and a man who's, uh, uh, well, had two a two-tiered sort of career at uh, the Werribee Football Club as a player and then as a coach. 78 games as a player and six years as a senior coach and a, a stint in there as the reserves coach as well and a very successful reserves coach, Simon Atkins. Hello, Axe. How are you, Kev? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How uh, what what's your footy involvement these days? Uh, having left the club a few um, years back, yeah. Uh, when I left uh, the Tigers, I went to um, St Bernard's in the VFA, uh, the amateur. Sorry, um, with the senior team um, just to help them out a bit, and then that led to coaching the St Bernard's College first eighteen team. So I stopped uh, my involvement with the old boys uh, two years ago, um, and now I just sort of. Coached the the first eighteen uh, college team in uh, in the ACC, and I won't uh, I won't let you blow your own trumpet. I'll blow it for you. <laughs> An incredibly successful run that you've had with two uh, two terrific years. Yeah, well, yeah, we went back to back to win the Herald Sun Shield, so yep. that obviously meant we, you know, we won the ACC and then we won our area and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, the last uh, two or three years have been pretty successful with the school and. Well, unfortunately, we got uh, bowled out of the semi-final this year, which you know was a bit of a shock for us all. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, I've enjoyed my time with, time with the uh, with the school team because it's uh, midweek and there's not too much training involvement, and the, and the boys buy into it because um, yeah, it's a pretty strong competition. So it's been really great the last two years. Uh, um, how have you found uh, dealing with the kids? Because a lot of people talk about kids these days, particularly older people, talk about kids these days and say, you know, they don't pay attention, they don't do this, they don't do that. But obviously yeah. you've you've, uh, you've got a, a, an engagement with them that's worked really well. Yeah, well, just because it's like a 10-week um, a uh, season, you, you sort of just play your seven or eight games and I don't have that day-in, day-out interaction. So I've sort of once once I'm there, they, I get, get their attention and, 
because we've had some success in the past, they sort of buy into it a little bit better. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different from, I suppose, from from a you know a TAC Cup involvement or their local club involvement. Um, because, you know, out of Nesson, there's probably 10 or 11 teams around there and they all sort of come together. So, yeah, look, I, I find that once you get them to buy in, it's, uh, it's pretty good. The uh, the difference in uh, the importance of school footy these days as opposed to, you know, t- even 10 years ago, it's it's much yeah. more important in the in the pathway um, sort of avenue, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the ACC. That's where we're probably a little bit trickier because we played midweek and there's a huge involvement, you know, from the, from the players where they're basically... You know, if you start Monday, they're rehabbing. Tuesday, they're training at either TAC Cup or their local club. Wednesday, they're playing school 40. Thursday, they're local or TAC Cup. Friday, often and Saturday or Sunday. So it's a pretty big, you know, two or three months, which we're really mindful of overworking them and that, that sort of stuff. But we've had, over the years, we've had a good relationship with the Cannons and the Jets and a little bit shifting around and that sort of stuff. Just been aware of how much game time and training they're actually doing. And has that thing changed where, you know, kids just can't get enough footy? They just they just want to play every 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 game they possibly yeah. can, every training session they can. They just want to yeah. keep the footy? Yeah, look, it, it has a little bit. But then, especially the TRC Cup boys, they're, they're up to date with all this, you know, you, you can't too, have too many shots at goals and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, I suppose I get a little bit annoyed when I've got kids, you know, for instance, last year for us, um, Xavier O'Halloran, he just wanted to do everything. You know, he wanted to play, he wanted to train, and you know, and he, he's a kid that was looking at obviously going in the first round of the draft. So um, it's it's frustrating a bit um, because they get overeducated, but I, I think mm. it's still the same, especially with the cool school team that they they do enjoy playing for the school. All right, let's go back and reminisce a little about your, your time at the Werribee Footy Club now. Yeah. Uh, it, it started in 97. You, uh, uh, I, I believe, were another victim of the persistence of one D. McDonald. Yeah, look, he was just like a dog at a bone, you know. He, <laughs> he, and, that, and I've said that, and, and you know, that's the only reason I went to Werribee because I just wanted Donald to, to stop ringing me. But, you know, I was going to play footy somewhere, but and I'm, I'm really wrapped that he kept persisting and um, as a player and as a coach and, you know, watching from the outside now, I've, I've just thoroughly enjoyed the, the experience at the Werribee Footy Club and, you know, I, I've just got to thank Donald for, for continuing to, to ring up when I was in Tassie at the time and and I was coming back here, so I thought, why not drive down the freeway a bit and, and go to Werribee? Because, we, you know, being a Footscray player and that, we, we knew about Werribee and Williamstown, so, yeah, it was uh, just his persistence that got me there and, and a really big part of my life. And it was a pretty reasonable sort of a lineup that uh, that uh, where we had back in that late part of the nineties. Yeah, look, I suppose the the one that got away from us when we had that really successful year, and you know, unfortunately, got rolled over in the grand final when we, you know, we probably were the best team in in the comp, but unfortunately, didn't produce on that on that one day. And you know, from that, there's some players obviously played AFL, but players like myself that were been in the AFL system, and you know, through Donald, he was just able to pull us together and, and get us to play some, some really good football. So, you know, although we didn't get the ultimate, uh, you know, I think we we got ourselves to some final series and that sort of stuff. You played through until the end of 2000 and then uh, and then you decided, uh, was it a hard decision or an easy decision to, to go into coaching? Well, it probably was a hard decision because I suppose all the way along I thought I, I wasn't going to coach. I I probably thought I was going to play a little bit more football and just drop down levels and just keep having a kick because, you know, like you said before, I, I just enjoyed 
not so much the training of training was a part of it, but playing on on a Saturday or a Sunday, I, that was the real driving factor that that I liked. Yeah. Um, then it probably just led to a couple of things, and um, you know, Chris Bond had a had a chat to me about you know maybe doing a bit of coaching. I I went to Coburg for a year and as an assistant coach at a different environment, and, and that's when I sort of thought, well, you know, I, I really got the buggy now, and I, and I want to see how. I, how far I can go with coaching with my own ideas and that sort of stuff. So, and then I went back and applied for the job at the Werribee and was lucky enough to get it. So, and very yeah, successful it, uh, at it. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, we got again, we got rolled in the grand final by I don't know what was the kick, and we were sort of always knocking on the door. And of course, the coaching with the alignments and all that sort of stuff. You, you know, you, you keep your guard up and you, and you try to do the best thing, which can be a bit difficult, but. At the end of the day, I suppose between and Terry Wheeler used to say between two and five o'clock. As a coach, you hope you've got your your plans and strategy in place, and you hope that the your team, your coach, and understand your lingo and and what you're trying to do. And you know, fortunate enough, along the way, we you know we won a few games and that sort of stuff. Again, got to some finals, but it was, a, it was disappointing that that grand final that we did lose. Two thousand and five. That is the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was good, good, good mix of like a younger Werribee players, a couple of season, you know, veterans from both the, the dogs and from Werribee, and just unlucky. And I could say now that we're, you know there was a free kick in the goal square that uh, you know um, I forget his name, young young bloke. He, you know he was he was damn near murdered, and the umpire called play on, you know, and of course it went up the other end, and we would have had a shot in in the goal square to put ourselves in front, but it wasn't to be. Damien McCormack. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. That's him. Got murdered in the goal square up the up the members' end at Princess Park there, and play on the umpire call. Yeah, it was it was a most disappointing day. It was it was very difficult back at uh, back at the, the yeah the, afterwards. Everyone sort of looking at each other, going, "That's the one that he get away." So yeah, yeah. Um, when you look back, and uh, I mean, everyone talks about uh, you know the friendships and all the things that you have, and, and and that, and you go back to a past players' day, and you stand around and have a few beers with the boys. What what sort of does go through your head, Simon? Yeah, well, that's you know, everyone talks about the past players' day, how much they enjoy them, and it, you know, we've all got other lives and that sort of stuff. You, you've sort of got to make that effort because it might be a you know, you just look at someone's face and and you, you remember either something in play or you know you because you train so much together and think, geez, that was funny or enjoyed that sort of part of, you know, of that person. And um, it's just, yeah, getting together. And, and it's not only the players, but, you know, the, the volunteers and the officials and that, that over the over the past years that you've, you've really had something to do with. And you're all there for the one reason, because you, you're a part of a footy club. It doesn't matter if it's Werribee or, or wherever. It's, it's because you're a part of a, a, a footy club and an environment that you enjoyed and, you know, there's not long-standing friendships, but there's certainly people, as I say, you see and go, oh, geez, you don't remember that? or And you can't have a beer or anything with everyone, but everyone, it, it's just a really enjoyable day. And, you know, of course, it depends how far you go, but there's been a few <laughs> of them. But, but, but having been, you know, a past player, a coach when the past player was days on, and, and now as a genuine past player, there's sort of a couple of things that you go through and, and they're a little bit different. But as I've said, I, I just think it's it's the fun of, Getting back and, and talking about games and you know it might be footy trips or 
training nights or stuff like that that, that, that you've done, um, and everyone sort of has a bit of a laugh and giggle about it. I guess you have a unique perspective in many ways because you got to, you got to see what the people behind the scenes do when you're coaching, which often the players, not, not of their own fault, but just because they're so concentrated on being players that they don't actually even notice half that stuff. Yeah, look, that's that's absolutely spot on because, as you say, it's two very different things of players and they respect the people behind, you know, behind the, the background that are cutting the oranges, doing the taping and all that sort of stuff. But, but when you're on the other side and as a coach, you're really relying on those people to do their job and, you know, a lot of people just do it because they love doing it. Um, to, to able to assist the players, I think the respect from the players is there, but it's but it's fantastic that as a coach, you know, you you have your people in the in the back doors that you know what they're doing, and just to say, you know, thanks again, and remember, you know, the players might be on the ground, and we had a laugh, or you know, we pulled a joke on one of the other officials. You know, it's yeah. it's quite unique, yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, you talk about the success. I mean, the grand final in two thousand and five obviously still hurts. The the ninety eight one was was one hard to swallow as a player and all that. But when you generally look back at your time at the Warby Football Club, um, there's there's a lot of success involved in there. Well, yeah, I suppose, look, the other thing, and there's a lot of coaches, it's just a win-loss thing. And at the end of the day, I'm pretty proud of, you know, my win-loss. And that's all coaches get judged on. Obviously, you win a grand final, you can hang your hat on that. But at the end of the day, if you if you win more games than, than you're losing, and it means you're doing something right. So, and look, the, the year that, the two years that I had with Bondi as reserves coach, you know, that, that was a really great learning curve because you, you started early, coached the twos and then I went into the senior box and you learn how to handle you know pressure and different environments of coaching the twos the way the senior coach wanted you to coach them and that sort of stuff so uh, yeah look it, it, as I said at the start it's, it's win-loss and that's what coaches are judged by the, um, That premiership side in the, in the seconds was a pretty fair side when you have a look at some of the blokes who were running around in there? Yeah look it, it was, I mean we because we uh, we'd come up against a pretty good team, and you know the seniors were in a pretty good position as well. And yep. you know we we just thought we'd go out and you know have a decent go at it. But um, you know for us to win and then the seniors unfortunately get rolled, that was a, a bit of a different thing because you had a young group that were so excited because they'd sort of were underdogs and, and won the grand final, then have to sit back and go through and wait for the seniors to see what happens. So yeah, I think a lot of those sort of players often look at the at the the pitcher and they, you know, there's quite a lot of those that sort of then went on to that second, third, fourth, and fifth year and played a lot of senior footy for the for the Tigers. Uh, this might be an unfair question, and if it is, please just tell me. Do you know what? Um, yeah. Would you have liked to have coached a standalone team like Werribee is now and has been yeah. for the last two years? Yeah, I would have. Yeah, you know, categorically, I, I, I would have because as much as you know, we say we we have got a good alignment and all that sort of stuff, which we did have. Um, you know, the club backed me in some decisions and sometimes I had to stand out a little bit, but not much. But it was just that that you just didn't have the 100% uh, buy-in. Um, so, yeah, I would have um, I would have loved to have coached Werribee, you know, or anyone as a standalone, bang, there you go. Everyone's got a – you've got your own rules and all that sort of stuff. You've got your own training regime. So, yeah, I, I would have liked to have done that. But, you know, I – the cards I was dealt, I, we, we as a footy club, I think we did really well. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Axe, always good to catch up with you, mate. Uh, stay well, uh, look after your family. Every, everyone good in the family? Yeah, everyone's going well, mate. Yeah, they're starting to grow up, so um, 
get down to a home game down there and have a run around and have a kick, and we'll be there in past five. So. Beautiful. Good on you, Simon. Great to catch up. Thanks, Kev. Uh, there's a couple of the uh, the really great people from our football club, Michael Barlow and uh, just then Simon Atkins. Uh, great to have uh, Axe as part of the program. Hopefully we'll see him at the uh, Past Players Day on the 27th. All the details of that, along with everything else that's going on with the club, on our Facebook page and also, of course, uh, on our website. A couple of events worth uh, putting down in your diary. Saturday, 27th of July is the uh, Big Ladies High Tea Day. Now, tickets are available via the online shop. You can also, of course go and get tickets for the auction night which is coming up on August the 3rd and you can purchase merchandise as well plus uh, you can get tickets to all the uh, the president's uh, functions uh, pre-game functions, one this week before the Essendon game as well and that is our game this weekend, it's on Channel 7 uh, it is televised but we'd love you to come down and cheer the boys on, uh, certainly need your support to take on Essendon who had a massive win last week against Port Melbourne so come and uh, support the, the big W love to see you at Avalon Airport Oval this coming Sunday, the game starts at 11 40s get there nice and early and uh, wear your colours and uh, support the boys and we look forward to seeing you at Avalon Airport Oval. Till the next time, go the big W.